Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm Neville O'Donoghue, and this is a podcast for bench warmers. Listen to me now, listen to me. Which phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off. We're going to do it. Tyson Fury. It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The headline has been written. You're a county? Absolutely not. That's a load of rubbish, Brechon, to be quite honest. Uh, He's a disgrace to have a football club. What a belt he's given it. I, 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 I love I love I love me county, you know. We love Jamalan! On today's pod I have Michelle Joy Phelps. Michelle has interviewed the very best of in boxing, including Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury and Alexander Yusik. We look back in the fight last month in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I also talked to Michelle about how she started up her own website behind the gloves and how she got into boxing. We also look ahead to what's next in the heavyweight division. Remember, this podcast is coming live from Agedigans in Dubai, where, where I'll be for the rest of the year. So make sure come into any of the pubs and find me. I'll be watching any of the matches on the big screen. With that, sit back, relax, and give this a listen. Enjoy. Michelle Joy Phelps, did I pronounce your last name right? How are you? I'm good, how are you? Not too bad. Let's uh, We'll go straight into it, because I was... Lucky enough to be at the fight as well last week in Jeddah. Uh, talk about, and I, I saw you at it too, um, Anti-Joshua versus uh, Usyk. Um, yeah. What do you think of it? Um, I mean, what do I think of it? Uh, always fortunate for one and fortunate for the other. It's always difficult when you're friends with both as well um, to see that, you know, how it went down. But Alexander Usyk just, you know, proved to be the, the more superior fighter on the night, um, in both fights actually. So I, I, there's no shame in losing to, you know, someone who is recognizably one of the best in the division at the moment. Um, you know, that now, now what looms the big, the big fight between him and Tyson Fury, I wasn't surprised, not one bit, may I say, that Tyson Fury is not vacating the WBC belt. Everyone was like, oh, he's retiring. And of course we have to report it as he says it, but I have gone along the whole time that he's not retiring. He's not retiring. He's absolutely not retiring. He may retire after this fight. I would believe it if he did after the Usyk fight. So let's say he beat Usyk or win or lose. I can see Tyson Fury retiring after that. But um, yeah, really good. Interesting times. Uh, I would I would say about two years ago, I think it was safe to say that none of us saw the landscape of the heavyweight boxing being what it is today. You know, when, when Usyk came in as the mandatory for Anthony Joshua, I don't think anybody saw the shakeup that was coming. Yeah. But like talking about the fight itself, like, you know, from, from what I saw of it, like it was my first time ever at a heavyweight fight, you know, so I was delighted, but um, I got to see, got to see a bit of Jeddah too, but um, just talking about the fight, like for me, it looked like Anthony Joshua, well, this is obvious, was the stronger boxer, you know, but Usyk, you know, he was much smarter, much quicker, and like that's what got him over the line. Yeah, well, I mean, Alexander Usyk said that post fight. He talked about how oh. Anthony Joshua did not use his size is enough. You know, it's it was interesting to hear him say that because he said he was scared. He got scared in the ninth round. He was actually worried that Joshua was going to stop him because 
you know, Joshua did use his size in the ninth. I don't know. Um, it's easy for me on the outside. I think it's easy for all of us to go, well, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? You know, post fight, we got to see, you know, um, Anthony sort of had a bit of a meltdown. Um, he had a moment and a very emotional moment. And I think it was that, I don't know if you recall hearing, but he started talking about how, how hard it is for him to hold up his muscle. It's he's heavy, you yeah. know? And so it's easy for us to go, why didn't he jab enough? Yeah. Why didn't he throw enough? Like we also aren't carrying all that weight. And we don't, you know, we, we noticed that just through pattern and history that AJ tends to tire out around the fourth and fifth. So I was actually quite surprised to see, that he went into the later rounds before we really saw him tiring. So he isn't, he had improved. I definitely think he improved in this fight, but there's, like I said, there's nothing wrong with losing against uh, Alexander Usyk. He's just a su more superior fighter. It's the same thing as saying, you know, Deontay Wilder losing to Tyson Fury. There is no shame in saying you lost to Tyson Fury because Tyson Fury was just the better fighter. That's all it, it, it there's no shame in that, but now styles make fights, yeah. which we know. So, Deontay Wilder could go on to possibly demolish absolutely everybody else or or, all, or Anthony Joshua. It's just styles and stylistically the two most the two top superior boxers are the ones that are ultimately reigning in the end. They're the, they're the two that we will see go to fight for the undisputed title. Yeah, no, yeah, I kind of I said that to one of my friends afterwards as well. Like it doesn't take away from the fact that Anthony Joshua is still a very good fighter, but unfortunately. The British like to down their own, like when you look what he did for the fight for for the world of boxing. But um, the last question I want to ask you before I move on, uh, Michelle, is that what do you think of fights being in Jeddah and Saudi Arabia? Because you know that caused you can see in golf at the moment the live thing and you know all the money that's going on. Because like for me, I don't think it it's that too right. Because like even at the fight, like a lot of, it wasn't it wasn't even sold out. You know after the fight. Everyone, no one actually stayed for Joshua's meltdown. Everyone just picked up and left. So what do you think of these fights being on in Saudi? You know what? From a business perspective, I I, I can see it from the business perspective, and I can also see it from the fans' perspective. For the fans' perspective, you obviously want to see these fights be domestic fights, right? But they're not really domestic. If you think about it, Usyk, being from Ukraine, he couldn't have had it at his home. <clears throat> and AJ, being that he had lost, I could see why they they didn't have it again in England. So I didn't mind it being in a more neutral ground like Saudi. Do you know what I mean? Just because of, of fairness. But I can definitely see, like, for example, even with the undisputed fight, oh, we want to see it in England. I definitely think it's going to be in Saudi because Saudi's throwing some major money out there. When you're talking about men who are putting their lives on the line here, <clears throat> excuse me, when they're, when they're putting their lives on the line here, you you're going to see it from your perspective, which is I'm the fan. I've been buying these fights all along. We deserve to have it on home ground because of Tyson theory or whatever, because you definitely can't have it in Ukraine. So I just think that the a neutral ground for the undisputed is probably what they're going to do. Um, but also I don't, dislike the fact that they're doing it in different i could see them hosting in, in other big countries as well i mean for sure yeah but I, the only thing i'd say michelle uh, is that like when i think heavyweight boxing i think i think vegas you know like i never think saudi arabia like you'd like to go to a place where there's a, a heavy interest in boxing you know we don't know we don't know we don't well, there's no saying that it's in saudi at this point i could see it i could see saudi being one of the probably 
the top two that they're going to choose from. But I definitely agree. I mean, if they had it in Las Vegas, that would be amazing. And that is neutral ground, to be fair. Yeah. So, um, but in terms of like what my thoughts are in in Saudi hosting events, I mean, look, they're they're really trying right now to bring tourism their way. They're really trying to build up sport. So they're going to throw out some big bucks in order to sort of, you know, bring an audience that way in their direction. So I don't dislike it at all. I mean, I didn't mind it. I think the hospitality was bar none. Mm. Honest to God. Amazing. Could not say greater things in terms of the hospitality. Everybody was kind. The food was amazing. And I'm not talking about like catered food, just catered. I'm talking about like just going eating at the local restaurants and stuff. It was I had a great time. I mean, yeah, it's far from home. Like I had to travel 16 and a half hours to get there. And it sucks. You don't get a post interview and you've traveled damn near an entire day to go, to go there, but it is what it is. It's part of the, we we couldn't get a drink too, which was a big problem, you know? Yeah. I mean, to be fair. Okay. Look, I went to the one in Riyadh. Riyadh, you could hear the conversation from across the room. Okay. I'm not joking. It was that quiet. So the fact that there was more of an atmosphere in Jeddah, I was all for it because I was a little concerned. I was like, oh, man, is it going to be as quiet as it was last time? Because it was it was very lackluster, wasn't it? Even though it was such a great fight between Joshua and Ruiz, it was still very lackluster in terms of, you know, the the atmosphere. So, I mean, I was I was pleased with the overall you know turnout. <laughs> Tell us then, because you kind of touched on it there already, because you said it is an interesting time in the heavyweight division. So. Obviously, we're going to get Fury versus Usyk. Do you think Deontay yeah. Wilder will fight Joshua? What, what do you think is going to happen now over the next months or next year or two? Um, I would highly suggest that Joshua take the next fight, maybe even two fights as active fights. Um, don't fight someone like Deontay Wilder until summer. That's something I would like to see. Joshua has, you know, people don't give him enough credit. When you hold all the belts, and this is something that Usyk's going to have to face or Tyson's going to have to face depending on who becomes the winner, right? Once you hold all the belts, actually, to be fair, I think that if Tyson wins, Dyson will just vacate all the belts and say, I'm fucking off. Like, I'm done. I've proved proved enough. I don't need to fight anybody else. But if Usyk wins, he's going to have to face the, the... the hurdles that are the mandatories. So you don't always get to pick the fights you want because you have you're obligated by the sanctioning bodies to fight the mandatory. Joshua can now now he has the name. I don't care how many losses you have on your record. He still holds weight in terms of monetary value. So AJ can go on to fight anyone he wants and still sell out a stadium. But he no longer has the burden of having to be told who he has to fight next. He could choose who he wants next. And that's something I think that he eventually, as as the months pass on and he starts to kind of, after he gets another fight under his belt, I think he's going to feel the weight of the world lift off of him because he's always had events. He's, I think at this point, like after he won against uh, Vladimir Klitschko, he sort of, you know, he became this, mach- this, this machine, like this um, corporate machine, hasn't he? It hasn't really allowed him like the others to kind of just go and do whatever the hell they want because he's obligated to meet these standards that are required of you being the champion. So I think he's going to have a little bit more fun with it now. And I wouldn't even be mad at him taking an exhibition or two in the next two years. Okay. So you're saying hopefully AJ AJ versus John T. Wilder, hopefully next summer. And then I'll ask you for your prediction who wins between Fury and Usyk. 
I see. I never, I never pick. I've never, ever picked in my entire career. So I used to get a lot of shit over this, but the reality of it is may the best man win. Um, and, and that's that I've, I've never, ever made any predictions. Oh, yeah. Um, you see I, one interesting thing I thought you said there, like that you said you're friendly with, uh, both boxers, uh, Joshua and Usyk, because I was just thinking when, when, like the following day, everyone was talking about that rant that uh, Joshua went on rather than the fight. Like, you know, I'm just interested, like, does Usyk speak much English? Like, did he understand any of what Joshua yeah. said? Yeah, I'm sure he's a very, very intelligent person. I would not be surprised at all if he speaks fluent English right now and he's just acting like he doesn't. And he's listening to what everyone's saying around him. Um, I I know it was years ago. He said to me, the next time we do an interview, I'm going to be speaking and I'm going to be speaking better English. And he still hasn't. But I like to believe that he does speak better English than he leads off. Because I think he understands. He gets it. He just plays it like, think about it. He's so smart. And this guy is, is so intelligent. There's no way he has not mastered English by now. There's just no way. Who's the best boxer you interviewed? Or is that an unfair question? Um, I can answer it as in like what most people say to me when they come up to me. Most people go, oh, my God, I love when you interview Tyson Fury. So, like, that's sort of been, yeah, I guess, my staple interview. Like, everyone uh, – oh, and Eddie Hearn. Because it's funny because there are conversations amongst friends. Like, I get that some people who are new to watching my videos probably could think, like, why is she, like, talking like that with them? Or why is she – but really, they're my buds, so I just kind of, like, have conversation. You just happen to be watching it. It's like it's being filmed. But I don't tend to, like, have very formal interviews with them. And if I do, I'll be honest, it's a little weird sometimes because we're always we're always like having banter going on behind the scenes. So to sort of uphold this like very professional interview can feel a little awkward sometimes. But um, but I would say over the years, the most entertaining and the probably the best reaction I've received, there's just some random people who come up to me. They'll say, oh, I love your interviews with Tyson Fury. So I'd probably say him and Eddie Hearn are, are probably the leading two. Yeah. No, you can see you have a real friendliness with him. Even the, I thought the AJ asking about his wedding ring was very funny also. But um, the, other yeah. question, the other question I want to ask is that what about Tyson Fury there and AJ? Did you think that's anti-Joshua's problem then too, though? I know he's a big star. But he doesn't do enough trash talking like like Tyson Fury does, maybe, you know? I think we're seeing more of that come out. Right. I think we're seeing it. Um, he's, if you go back to, if you've been watching my interview, I don't know if anybody watching has been watching my interviews over the years, but <clears throat> there was an interview where I asked AJ about him sort of like kind of hitting back at Jarrell Miller, you know, big baby Miller at the time. And I said, you know, that was, showing a little bit different side to you and he he laughed he goes what so like i'm just like some chihuahua i don't i don't bark back and i'm like no but you just you know he he tends if he does say it he ain't saying it on camera yeah so it's kind of nice to see that side of him i think that people want to see that side of him you know it doesn't mean you have to absolutely like say the worst things i mean we don't we don't have to go to like Mike Tyson back in the day, you know, where he used to talk about like eating someone's kids or anything like that. Yeah. We could we could keep it sort of on a on a more middle ground here. But I think people like to see 
when AJ's mad or frustrated, there's the realness behind that. And, and I know that he received a lot of backlash in regards to like his post fight interview with, um, with DAZN when, when Usyk won. But I, I truly think we witnessed a genuine breakdown in with him. And, and in some, in some ways, like you kind of have to understand, like these men get hit in the head for a living, like hard. Okay. Yeah. There's, I'm not saying he was concussed, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a little concussed in the moment. I wouldn't. There was, it was a different reaction. Yeah. And and I'm sure that many people saw that as poor sportsmanship, but I also saw that as a man who has been under immense stress and, you know, believed up until a certain point he was winning the fight. I didn't watch in the corner, by the way. I, I, I didn't hear what anything was being said. I actually was really hoping to speak to Robert Garcia the next day, but it was, I, I we missed each other with our flights. Um, but I didn't hear what, what the corner was telling him. I need to rewatch the fight to kind of hear what was being said. But when, um, when I was backstage, someone had come up to me and goes, Oh my God, AJ got robbed. And I go, uh, that's a, that's a bit of a strong word. Right. And a few other people were like, Oh, AJ, that was, that was wrong. That was a wrong call. AJ should have gotten it. And I'm like, wait, what? And me and a few other people were kind of like, wait, what were you guys watching? Like I had it nine, three for Usyk. Yeah. So I had no idea what was being said, but um, I heard that Derek Chisora had said, you know, it depends on how you're viewing it because a lot of people, when they're pro AJ, they're only watching what AJ's doing. Yeah. They're not watching what Usyk's doing. And I thought that was a pretty, pretty accurate way of viewing it, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I um, forgot what the question was. I'm just sort of rambling on. Just about, just, just about trash talk. You can do oh, yeah. I like I like that side of AJ. I like it. Um, I don't want to sit here and say that's the real side, AJ. We all have a side to us. Do you I'm know just, what I mean? I'm just saying, like, because obviously I'm Irish, right? And you know yeah. Conor McGregor, right? Like that yeah. guy sells out fights because he just trash talks and trash talks, you know? And I think yeah. Eddie Joshua sometimes he's too much of a, a gentleman, you know? Yeah, I mean, everyone, like, boxing needs all characters, right? We don't need all villains. Yeah. We don't. And I guess some people are more okay with being the villain than than not. Yeah. Um, I think everyone wants to be loved in in a way, and I I think that you know because AJ was so loved by the British public that yeah he didn't want to like disappoint them by teaching their kids that it's okay to cuss and and act a certain way. And I understand that there's that immense pressure from him as a role model, but at the same time. You know, there's there's you being you and being real, which is not saying he's not, but I'm saying like what each person that we we have a side to us. You know, I could be the nicest person in the world to you, but if you piss me off enough, I might end up spewing off like I haven't done before. So yeah. it just we have it all in us. It's, yeah. It just is what it is. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to let's say we get Joshua and Wilder. I can definitely see a different side definitely. because I think Wilder will bring it out of him. Yeah, yeah. Wilder will, will, will talk enough yeah. to get AJ to talk back. So, yeah, I think I, it depends on the opponent as well. Then Michelle, I'd just like to talk about yourself then briefly, because uh, I'm very interested because you're kind of similar to myself. You set up your own website. Uh, yeah. behind the, tell me how you got into boxing and you're from LA. Are you originally? Um, I'm from a place called, 
well, it's a, it's a county called, it's Riverside County. Okay. It's actually where Robert Garcia and a lot of other fighters sort of come from. Um, but my, my family lives in a place called Temecula. It's a wine country, just literally bordering San Diego. Okay. So that's where I'm from. Um, minus three years that I lived in Hawaii. We moved to Hawaii for three years as a kid. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I started behind the gloves. It sort of just happened. I started making videos post fight of my reactions to things. And mostly when I've had one too many drinks and I'm upset and I just put my camera on and I start recording it. And I think at the time I must've had like five subscribers and all of which were probably my family. And I would just put the videos out. I didn't know what I was doing. YouTube was very new at the time and it started to get thousands of views. And it sort of started from there. Uh, David Hay and Amir Khan were great friends of mine at the time. They were always encouraging me saying, Hey, you should, do videos you should interview us we'll help you and i was like no i'm okay because at the time i was wanting to be an entertainment host i wanted to do like you know like the entertainment tv shows and stuff red carpets things like that and then um as time went on you know i uh i started doing more and and i got a website reached out to me and said hey we can't pay you but we'll send you to all the fights and you'll be ringside. You can interview the fighters. You want to do that. And I thought, you know what? This is a great idea because I can use it as a reel, you know, on my reel for entertainment. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a good trade-off. So I did that. And then I realized there were no women doing what I was doing. None. And in fact, there were no women that they, everyone wanted to interview me because I was like a Maxa model. And they were like, why are you doing boxing? Like, what's going on with that? Like, what what brought you here? So it kind of created this little storyline with me, you yeah. know, Max model interviewing boxers, da 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 da, and that's sort of how it happened. And I and I informed the website that I was working for at the time. I said, look, I just want you guys to know that I plan to to create my YouTube channel to something more. They were fine with it. They're in fact not even around anymore, right. and so I appreciate them giving me a start and. One day I went on to GoDaddy, GoDaddy.com, and I was like, behind the gloves. It was the first right. one I thought of, literally. That w- and I typed it in. It was available, and boom, and that, the rest was history. So I started. It started that way. And is were you always into boxing, or did you have to learn it? Like, and you still have aspirations of going into entertainment, or do you want to stick with the boxing now? Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I knew everything about boxing then. I think I definitely learned a lot more. I'm still learning. Every, every month there's new prospects. There's somebody up and coming, uh, someone that came out of a different country you're having to learn about. You're constantly learning. Anyone who tries to say they know everything is full of shit because it's it's ever evolving in the sport. Yeah. So, um, so you yeah. Were, like You I, were into boxing from day one. Like You didn't interest in it. Obviously. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, in fact, they were huge events for my family when I was young. And all the, all the girls would be out running around playing and doing whatever. And I would be sat glued right in front of the TV watching. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just knew that there was something about it that I liked. And in fact, growing up, I had the biggest crush on Oscar De La Hoya. It was so funny. Right. I used to love him. Oh, my God. I'd be so embarrassed if you found that out. But it was, it's so true. I was, like, so in love with him as a little girl. And um, so when I first, he was one of my first interviews, actually, in this industry. And I I said to him, and I go, this is actually really weird that I'm interviewing you, but like I grew up watching you. So it was really cool. It's it's still kind of cool to get to that point now where all the people you grew up watching sort of know you by your name now and, and are open to doing interviews with you. So it's really, it's really, 
a fun story that came full circle. What do you think of, because um, obviously I said I'm Irish and you'd obviously be familiar with Katie Taylor. What do you think of how they, what do you think of women's boxing and what do you think? Do you think they do enough for women in the sport of boxing? I think they're doing it now. I don't think, I, and I don't want to get the years wrong, but it feels like in the last three or so odd years, we really started to see people investing more into women. And, and this includes women who do what I do. Yeah. Like before me, there were no women on broadcast for boxing. There were none. I mean, aside from Christina Poncher and Claudia Trejos, Claudia Trejos was with ESPN at the time. Christina Poncher was with top rank. Um, but even before that, she was just with top rank. It wasn't, she hadn't, hadn't gone to ESPN yet because of their deal and stuff. So there really wasn't any women doing what we were doing. And especially like in my field, um, I have a girlfriend named Giandra she, her and I were like the, I, honestly, the first women that I can recall actually seeing at events doing anything. And yeah. so, um, anyways, yeah, I think that they're absolutely figuring, figuring it out now. Um, UFC figured it out from the get. Got to respect Dana White. Dana White knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and let, let's be honest, like sitting here and saying that sex doesn't sell is full of shit. I just saw a UFC fight this past weekend. I didn't know who either of the guys were, but I thought they were hot. And that's why I watched it. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. So why do you think Oscar De La Hoya was so good or not good? I'm sorry. Was so popular yeah. back then. It, it wasn't just that he was talented, but it was because the women were in love with him. Like it is what it is. It just comes with the territory. So I love to see that nowadays um, women's boxing is finally making its mark. We're finally making history in so many different ways. I mean, that's all you're hearing about is history being made by women. And it's, it's an unbelievable time to be involved in the sport of boxing. Yeah. I, I was going to, I will ask you a cheeky question then because I, I kind of passed it earlier, but I, I don't know. Should I, but we were on about, we were in Saudi, right? And like, I just saw a headline when I was in Saudi that a woman got thrown in jail for joining Twitter. So, like, now there was more to the story. There was more to the story than that, like, you know, but, like, you know, that's not really what you want to be seen when you're in Saudi, like, is it? Being a... Well, what do you mean she was... Th what do you mean? She was put... Basically, the story I read into was that she, she moved to England uh, to study university, and then she came back, and then she joined Twitter when she was in England, and she started tweeting a lot of negative stuff about the Saudi government. And then she, when she came home, they put her into jail for doing that, you know, for having a, for having an opinion, like, you know. I can't comment on that because I don't have all the details. I've not read about that. Um, not even heard about that, to be honest with you. I was tweeting away galore. And mm -hmm. I mean, it, nobody yeah. told me. In fact, I tweeted that I was having a great time. And someone, I remember someone saying, are you being paid to say this? I'm like, no one pays me. I'm not a paid mouthpiece. Okay. Like I'm going to say what I want to say and genuinely was having a good time. So uh, I, I can't comment on that, unfortunately, because yeah. I don't have all the details to, to know what the story was about. Yeah. or the, the context. I, probably, I probably spring that on you, Michelle. I just thought it was an interesting story because a few of my buddies sent it on to me, like, you know, and they were like, you shouldn't be in Saudi when you see things like this, but the other, I'll move on from that, but another question I would like to ask you, because you said someone tweeted you. Um, do you get much, because obviously you rely on uh, social media to grow your website and all that. Do you get much negative uh, tweets thrown at you? Because it's funny, like, the the human thinking is, is interesting because you get 10 positive tweets, 
We didn't get one negative one, and it's the one negative one that stands out. Um, it used to bother me in the past. You know, I've been in boxing over 10 years now. It used to really get to me because I think a big part of me was still figuring myself out. I didn't, you know, when I would hear comments about, oh, your nose is too big or, oh, you're too skinny or, oh, you're too fat. It's like, it's never good enough. So one of the things I've, I think this comes with age too, if I'm honest, um, now that I'm older, I don't really care what anyone thinks about me. Unless you give shit. Uh, that's the genuine truth. If someone came up to me and was like, this, this, and this, it's like, good for you, mate. I hope you have a good day. I'm about to go have myself a nice meal. Like, but in the past, it wasn't, it wasn't that way. It was really challenging and really hard. And I didn't really have any support, to be honest with you. I remember being online and there would be all these different crazy things going on. And I just felt like no one really backed me. No one really <clears throat> gave me any support. So I feel I feel like it hardened me to a point where I don't rely on anybody or anything to make me feel a certain way. If I feel good, I feel good. If I feel down, I'm feeling down for my own reasons and no one can pick me up from that. It has to be me who does that. Um, but yeah, uh, in the most part, I mean, I like to clap back every now and then they're fun sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but I don't care anymore. I just don't. And you know, what's so funny. You can think I'm stupid. You can think I'm very smart for this. But that's why I started an OnlyFans account, because if I'm going to be posting photos on Instagram and getting slated for them for free, I might as well put them somewhere and get slated for them, but get paid. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm posting the exact same photos that I would on Instagram, but I'm not doing that anymore. <clears throat> so it's just bikinis, no nudity, nothing like that. Just bikinis, lingerie stuff like that because you know i used to model for maxim back in the day i don't mind doing all that that's yeah those are my sort of kind of like my roots from back when um but it, i'm making great money off of it and i'm just no longer doing it the freeway anymore so if you want to talk crap about me thank you so much for paying to talk crap about me now i'm i'm being paid for you to to take your insults. But for the most part, after the first month, like if, if they're there just to slate me, they're not there the second month. So it gets easier as time goes on because you get the real supportive ones that stay. And those are the ones I really appreciate. Well, you're, you're a lot braver than me, Michelle, because like, obviously we, we got a big following, but I'll never put my face out in front of uh, pinch warmers. I'm happy just to keep the brand, but fair play. Uh, the last two questions I'll ask you is that if you're a young up and coming girl or not just a girl a young boy or whatever looking to get into interviews and media what yeah. advice would you give them? um <clears throat> the environment now is so saturated <clears throat> sorry okay it's like i'm still going through like that yeah. allergy shit um the environment's so saturated right now so that just means everybody is is sort of creating channels and um so my best advice with that given that when i first started it was different it was me coogan marcos ellie radio raheem there was just very few of us so it was different then but now i would say get with get with one of the channels um i would even suggest if you have no experience being an intern learning the learning the ropes um eventually moving from intern up to you know a paid position Work experience is everything. That was the smartest thing I ever did. I I have always been someone who, 
it's not about the dollar for me. It was always about what can I learn? What can I gather from this? How could this help me get to the next phase? Right. So that's why, like when I first started, I did everything for free yeah. um, before I started my own, my own YouTube channel. And then even starting your own YouTube channel takes a long time to monetize. Like the money isn't just popping. It doesn't work like that. It takes a long time to make money on your own. Um, yeah. Sponsors help, but they're not paying the bills. Everyone, not until you're getting the big views are not paying the bills. Yeah. So I would say, uh, find an organization, reach out to them, start getting work experience. That's the biggest thing you could do. Yeah. And then sort of take it from there, depending on, you know, everyone has a different structure. Every company has a different structure and how they handle the work experience. We have work experience. We also have paid positions. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that, that's what I would suggest. I have literally, I could tell you I don't, <clears throat> four or five people who've started with me who are now actively working in boxing. So that's just how it goes. And I'm a tough employer too. Cause I, I am <clears throat> very honest because I feel like you have to be, you have to know where, um, where your weaknesses are in order to, to become better at what you do. Cause people were like that with me. And so I've just sort of adapted the same sort of right. um, mindset in terms of like that, you know, uh, there's just a way of saying things that doesn't make it rude. But, but there's, but you also have to be honest with people. If there's somewhere they need to grow, you need to tell them and uh, they become better. And, you know, I'm happy to say that several of my pals who started under me as interns and paid positions are now actively working in the sport of boxing. So with no experience prior. Final two things, Michelle, where, where do we see yourself in 10 years time? Would you still be in boxing still behind the gloves? So, um, are you guys familiar with the American Cornhole League? I'm not, no, I'm not. Okay, so there's an actual, uh, it's only been a league for four years now, but it's really big. So I actually just signed with the American Cornhole League as their their, uh, sideline reporter for ESPN and CBS. So this coming weekend, I'll actually be be making my CBS debut here in America, which is big. And um i'm happy it was exciting to be able to start with them so i've been um you know there's talks about getting this you know the contract signed for 2023 i look forward to growing with them you know it's it's a fast growing company a league and i enjoy working with everyone it's vastly different than boxing but that doesn't mean i'm leaving boxing i'm still going to be covering both sports at the best that i can um, but I had to sort of step back just a little bit <coughs> from boxing because it was 24 seven boxing. And for me, that was really hard to handle when you're not only doing all the interviews and editing on your own content, but you're also having to micromanage a team of eight. Yeah, that's tough. That's a lot of work to do. So now I'm just sort of I stepped back a little bit. I'm more focusing on working on the team schedule, but also getting my own content and really attending like the bigger events whilst I send others to the other events that I'm unable to, to make. And then um, I'm also going to be launching on michellejoyfelts.com on October the 1st. It's going to be like a OnlyFans style, but obviously no nudity because that's not what I do. Um, OnlyFans style along with my podcast. I'm actually launching a paranormal podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, why, don't yeah. you, why, why don't you do like, uh, what's your one, the golfer? Uh, something like that would it be like that what's her name Paige Rennie do you come across yeah. her yeah, yeah. Like that, would it? Uh, Paige Van Saint 
Yeah, that's what it is. Yes, that's exactly what it's going to migrate over to. So, but but the reason why was because on OnlyFans, um, I was I was wanting to launch my own podcast, but the thing is, they put their their brand their their watermark on everything, and I'm not okay with that. So I wanted it to be something that it's my own. It's my own brand. I don't want to give anyone any sort of brand logo partnership when they're not paying me for that. Um. So I'm going to launch my paranormal, it's a paranormal UFO podcast. It's something I'm super into. I swear to God, I actually camp outside of Area 51 and film shit. So like, it's a real thing that I do. And I'm going to launch that there, but also eventually migrate the the subscribers I have onto um, my website. Okay. Starting October 1st. Uh, Finally, Michelle, because the time's against us. uh, I do this with all my guests. Questions in 60 seconds, okay? So, what's your favorite food? Um, uh, Korean. How often do you do your dirty laundry? Every day. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Uh, leg day or chest day? Leg. Uh, favorite film? Favorite film? Movie, like film. Um, I don't have Okay. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, go to karaoke song? Oh, uh, Don't Ya by Pussycat Dolls. Uh, <laughs> nice, that's very good. Yeah. Uh, favorite chocolate bar? Uh, Snickers. Uh, what is something you've never tried but want to? Just overall? Yeah. Um. Oh, shit. I have never... That's a really good question. Can we circle back to that one at the end? That's <laughs> one. Uh, did, did I ask you our proudest moment? Um, proudest moment would be this is going to sound silly, but it's graduating from high school because I had gone on homeschool yeah. and uh, I was so far behind on credits because of going on homeschool that when I wanted to go back to regular school, they told me it was impossible to graduate because I had to come up like a hundred and something credits. I ended up graduating with five credits over. So that was my proudest moment because I was told by the school it was impossible to do. And I did it while holding a full-time job. So yeah. And finally, (laughs) tea or coffee? Oh, coffee all day, pumpkin spice. It's 24 seven pumpkin spice in my house. I swear to you, it's my favorite go-to. And very finally, Music or Tyson Fury? Oh, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> Fair enough. No, Michelle, thanks a million for that. Yeah, thank you for having me. Congratulations on the launch of your podcast. Yeah, no bother. All right, hope to speak to you again. Yeah, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Nice meeting you, like, face-to-face finally, because I, I know we've been following each other for quite some time. And yeah. congratulations on, on your page. Super successful. No, cheers. Great, a big name. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. Hopefully, I'll stay at another boxing match another time, maybe soon or something. You know? so. Yeah, come say hi next time. Well, I will. <laughs> and thanks for listening. And thanks again to Michelle Joy Phelps for coming on the podcast. It's great to see her doing so well in such a male-dominated sport. But obviously, we have our own Katie Taylor doing very well inside the ring, and there's other good uh, female boxers also. But it's great to see Michelle doing well in the media game in the boxing. And uh, good luck to her 
in whatever else comes next. Uh, really nice girl, and thanks again to Michelle for coming on the pod. Remember, you can get this podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. I'll be in McGettigan's for the rest of the year, so make sure come on in. I'll be in there most weekends watching all the big matches on the big screen. Come and find me and I'll put you up on any of the accounts. So until next time, where I'll have someone else in the world of sport on, I'm Neville Donahue. Thanks for listening and I'm out of here.